That's right. The Giants went to Minnesota and beat up on the Vikings. Let's go! Let's go! Yo, don't you just get so hyped when you hear that fucking music? Oh, man! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Winner's Circle. I, of course, am your host, Anthony Wynn. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I don't even know. I, like, like, really, truly, I don't know how to feel, like, about all this stuff anymore because it's been so long since I've seen the Giants do what they just did, and I'm still crazy hyped about it. It's nuts. It's nuts. Like, what the hell? So, yeah, just, it's safe to say, like, your boy is just in a great mood. He's in a great mood. And, you know, just for everybody's sake, I'm going to get this out of the way right now. This is going to be a giant show, baby. I'm going to try again an hour in. I have a lot of stuff to say. Um, But if I'm being completely honest, the other teams in New York don't really deserve my time (laughs) at this moment. You got the Knicks proving why um, you can't trust them. I mean, Jalen Brunson's balling and, you know, kudos to him. He's going to be an all-star. But, I mean, they're losing games they shouldn't be losing. losing. Only team above 500 overall with a losing record at home. I mean, come on, man. It's a joke. So, that that's the most they're getting today. The Jets' situation is kind of a debacle right now. They they don't know whether to get the quarterback before the OC or the OC before the quarterback. It's just, and then some of the candidates for the offensive coordinator position are kind of you know head scratching. They're talking about Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, you know, just it's it's just a shit show there. So you know, we'll get more answers on a lot of those things eventually. So I'm not gonna uh, again. It's just. And the Rangers, you know, they lose to the Bruins last night. The Bruins are just a cheat code. The team's lost nine games all year overall, five in regulation. That team's a cheat code. So, I mean, I take no shame in that loss, but at the same time, like, they're getting me a little worried because they haven't been playing very consistently all year in, in, in terms of the Rangers. They should be fine. Um, they should make the playoffs. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about that but I don't know I I expected a little more from the team if I'm being completely honest it's showing like Shesterkin's still great but you know he can't carry every game like you can't I feel like this has been the thing with the Rangers ever since Lundquist and everything like for real like they 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 expect the goalie to stand on his head every game and they gotta they just gotta be a little more consistent because when they're on they're hot like they're good they can beat anybody. But they lost to the Bruins. And look, I take again, I don't take any shame in that loss because if you've watched the Bruins at all this year, they're I think they're 36-5 and 4. I mean, that's just I think they're even higher. I think they even have more than 36 wins. I don't even I don't remember. I looked at it this morning, but it's crazy. They've lost nine games total. Five in regulation. Great team overall. Best team in hockey. It's not even close. Um so yeah. You know, that happened. But, look, man, 
whatever the expectations are for this Giants team, it as a Giants fan, I'm absolutely thrilled with the way the season went. I mean, so they just let's just get right into it, man. They go to Minnesota wild card weekend. And it's so funny, right? Like I'm a crazy maniac during these games. And so I decided to go uh <laughs> I decided to go to my grandfather's to watch the game with him. And, you know, most of the, everybody that lives in the area pretty much was there. Uh and uh as far as family is concerned. And <laughs> You know, the game didn't start yet. I'm all decked out. I have my Giants pajamas on. I have my Daniel Jones jersey on. You know, the Rangers were playing at 5 o'clock that day, and, and I had a hat on for them just to represent, but I I didn't give much time to that game at all. Um, they ended up losing that game to Montreal, too, which is not a great loss, but that's neither here or there. We're sitting around waiting for the game to start. Excuse me, taking a sip. We're sitting around waiting for the game to start and uh my sister my brother-in-law um his mom and his sister came of course with my nephews (laughs) and the first thing the first thing my nephew donnie comes up to me and and asks me he goes uncle anthony why do you get so crazy watching the giants i was was like (laughs) i was like where is this coming from (laughs) and he goes mommy and daddy warned me that you get nuts during these games i was like oh okay well you're just gonna have to wait and see buddy and my brother-in-law pulled me aside he's like yeah bro we had to warn him we had to warn him about how you get during these games and so (laughs) and so then the game starts and you know obviously ebbs and flows i'll get into the game but like Things happen, you know me. I'm going nuts. I'm going nuts at the TV screen, and every time I would go crazy at at, at a certain point, um, my nephew would come ask me, "Uncle Anthony, why are you getting so crazy watching this game?" Uncle Anthony, why? he asked me like at least three times, <laughs> and I just got to a point where I snapped. <laughs> I snapped on a six year old. Okay, I'm not proud of it, but. I definitely believe that my brother-in-law and my sister did that on purpose so that I would snap. Because <laughs> my brother-in-law was sitting in the corner dying, dying of laughter, just dying. I was just like, Donnie, just sit down and watch the game. Like, I, I did my best not to curse at him. <laughs> just sit down and watch. Like, I was just like, shouldn't have reacted that way towards a six-year-old. But either way, I did. And my brother-in-law was dying of laughter. Just to go, Just goes to show, like, how crazy hyper focused I was on the game and how crazy of a fan I am I'm just nuts I'm just nuts so (laughs) you know everybody knows that so no one else was really making a big stink over it but it was just funny to me this is a funny story and uh, by the way Ryan and Rebecca if you guys listen to this just letting you know fraud fans fraud Giants fans I don't know about you guys and I understand you guys, you know, season ticket holders, Hurricanes, great. Hurricanes are playing a meaningless game. Okay. Got the Giants at 430. Okay. I know you had plans with friends or whatever. But, like, I'm sorry. Canceling those plans. You can't miss the Giant game. And I know, Ryan, you sent me a text of you watching it on your phone while you were at the Hurricanes game. Should have just, should have. Yo, we could have had a great time. Could have had a watch party of our own. You could have, you could have came to Grandpa's. We would have all had a great time going nuts together. But nope, 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 nope. Fraud fans. 
That's all I had to say. Love you guys, but frauds. Sorry, I just hit the mic. <laughs> Anyways, I'm hyped. So, yes, let's get into it, man. So, talk about a crazy, crazy game. They go into Minnesota. And remember, I was nervous as hell going into this game. Everybody was picking the Giants. I didn't like it. I didn't know where all this confidence was coming from. And... <laughs> Boy, did they show out. And I got to be honest, I'm watching that game, and Minnesota get, has the ball first, and they just drive down the field on you. Justin Jefferson had four catches on that one drive, and then, like, it just, they, they, go, and get set, they go and get six right away. Seven nothing. I'm thinking, oh, boy, it's going to be a day, isn't it? And then Daniel Jones. Gets the ball on the next drive. Five plays, 75 yards, touchdown right there. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, boy. My, it, the, the mood changed completely. The mood, the mood changed completely. And, and I saw them dice up a Minnesota defense that is not good. It's not. Okay? So before anybody like wants to go and start comparing Philly's defense to Minnesota's defense, there's no, there is no comparison. There is no, there's none, okay? But you got to be honest with yourself. Daniel Jones, in his first playoff game of his career, played the best game he's ever played as a pro. And I don't care if, what defense it was against. That was a 13-win Minnesota team who I labeled as frauds, and they were, it clearly showed. And... um which is crazy because it's not like Kirk Cousins and the offense played horribly. I mean, you can't count on Kirk when it matters, and that showed when he throws a three-yard pass on fourth and eight going to the check down. I mean, look, I'm not going to – everybody was freaking out about that play, and it's like I'm not going to kill him. He played great the entire game. <laughs> and you bit yourself in the ass when – you have the ball, and you have the opportunity on a fourth and inches to get a first down in the red zone, in the Giants' red zone, and you get a false start penalty. You're scoring six. I, I, if you don't get that false start penalty, I, I firmly believe they're, they're Minnesota's scoring there. So that would have made it, what, 20? What, what would that have made it? That would have made it 28 to 24. So the Giants would have had to score a touchdown. And, you know, that changes the game a little bit. Instead, you take three because you took a false start penalty, made it fourth and six. You you know, you're going to take the points at that point. You're not going to risk that. So that that you can go back to that play and talk about lose, winning and losing the game there if you're a Minnesota fan. Don't talk about Kirk Cousins throwing a check down on a fourth and eight when you – yes – Fourth and eight, you have to get it to the sticks. It's just your season on the line. You have to throw the ball at least eight yards. You should know that. But considering the pressure Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams had on that play, he was going to get sacked. And, you know, he he saw Hawkinson, who was the, mo the most reliable receiver all day for him, 10 catches, 120, 129 yards. So, And Justin Jefferson, by the way, had one catch in the, in the second half. So you tell me that a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney playing didn't make a difference. 
And that, you know, that's another point. Wink played that completely different than he did in the first game. Wink blitzed way more in the first game than he did um, in that playoff game. He played way more. They played way more man coverage. And they had an extra DB most of the time because they were only rushing four for the most part of the game. Um, I mean, the defense didn't look overly great, but they made the stops when they needed it. But look, go on, let me not bury the lead here, okay? Daniel Jones solidified himself as the quarterback of the future of this team. He just did, okay? And I'm just going to run through the stats a little bit. Daniel Jones went 24 for 35, 301 yards passing, two touchdowns passing, 17 carries, 78 yards. And just to put that in perspective for you, no quarterback ever in the postseason went for 300-plus yards, scored at least two TDs, passed for two, at least two TDs, and ran for 70-plus yards in a game, in a postseason game, ever. It's never happened before, ever. And Daniel Jones did that in his first playoff game. I don't give a shit what happens against Philly this weekend, and I'm going to get into that game too because there's a lot I have to say about it. And... I'm ready to go. I, uh, you know, I'm ready to go, but just to put things in pro- in its proper perspective here, he that was his first playoff game, and he had the best game of his career, bar none. It's not even close. And oh, by the way, to all the people who were pissed off about resting the starters in that Week 18 game against Philadelphia, um. They didn't show any rust. So, and you got a fresh Saquon, and it showed. The dude only touched the ball 14 times, and he went for a total of 109 scrimmage yards on 14 touches. That's, that's, that's pretty much eight yards a, a touch. I'll take that any day of the week. Oh, by the way, he, ru- he ran for two touchdowns. So, did he not get the ball that much? No, he didn't, but he made... Every play when he did touch the ball. And he made a count every single time. And that's what you wanted to see. And oh, by the way, the game plan really wasn't to run the ball. He only had nine carries. Daniel Jones had 17. Not, I shouldn't say the game plan wasn't really to run the ball. The Minnesota Vikings did not account for Daniel Jones's legs at all. They didn't make the adjustments. They didn't do anything in that game. Daniel Jones ran the ball for 17 times. <laughs> I think he ran for seven first downs by himself. And not all of them were designed runs. Like, at least six, five or six of those carries, were he, he dropped back. And you could tell Dayball told him, if your first progression ain't there, if your second progression ain't there, run, go, take off. Because they're not, they're not accounting for you. There was not one spy all day on Daniel Jones. And he had a field day with that defense. Isaiah Hodgins. Let me get into him. Dude came off the practice squad from Buffalo. And let me remind you guys, Brian Dable and Joe Shane, who's the general manager of this team, both came from Buffalo. So they knew Isaiah. And they liked him, clearly. And they bring him in. And you can't, look, I know I've shit on this wide receiver core uh, all year. And for good reason, not one wide receiver still, even though they've played well, 
Not one wide receiver on this team is going to any other team being a number one wide receiver. Right now, Isaiah Hodges is your number one. And he's playing like it, though. I don't know if anybody saw on Twitter. I saw on Twitter um, after the game a picture of Isaiah Hodges' ankle before the game. That shit was disgusting. Swollen, black and blue. Like, it was gross. He taped that bitch up and went out and had a day. His catch on the sideline saved the game when he toe-tapped that catch on the sideline. He's playing like a number one wide receiver, and I gotta give him props for that. He's not gonna be he's gonna be on this team next year. For sure. For sure. And and just to give like he went for eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Like that that that's great. We need it. He's playing his best football at the right time. It it's it was just great to watch, man. It was just great to watch. And I'm not going to lie. After we scored that first touchdown on that first drive, I felt the confidence, like, it, it's from there on, like, the confidence was high. Like, no matter what happened in the game, like, anything that was going on, I felt so good about the Giants on offense after they shook. Dude, they went... They ended up kicking a field goal, but they went on a fucking, like, 20-play drive for 11 minutes. That's great. That's an elite drive. You want to get a touchdown at the end of that, but anything with points at the end is what you want. They had the ball for pretty much the the entire second quarter. It was great. And the coaching was phenomenal. Look, the one time where my heart kind of went in my throat is when Darius Slate, Slayton dropped that ball on that third and 12. Darius Slayton catches that ball, and that was a perfect throw. It was right in, it was right in his hands. Darius Slayton catches that ball. He probably scores. That's how much room he had. But he's definitely getting the first down. And you get a first down there, that's game time. You don't even give Minnesota the opportunity to get the ball back. So my heart dropped there. But with that being said, I was still fairly confident because, um, I mean, they got Kirk Cousins on the other side. And let's be honest, you can't, you can't trust that dude in the big moment. You can't. He hasn't proven it. So I felt pretty good. I didn't think they were going to go down the field and score a touchdown because that's what they needed. That's what they needed. And I, I just didn't think that was going to happen. The thought did pop into my head, though, like if they if they just so happened to score a touchdown, would they have gone for two? Now, I don't think with the new overtime rules in the NFL, which, by the way, gives both teams a chance to get the ball no matter what happens on the first possession. So they both get a chance to score. That's the new overtime rule. So consider what happened in Buffalo and Kansas City last year. Um, the year prior to that, it happened to Buffalo. I forgot who they played, but it happened to them the year prior to that. So they changed that rule. So now everybody gets a chance. So I don't know if they would have risked that, um, considering those rules. So I don't know, but the thought did pop into my head, but I was pretty confident that they were going to make the stops they needed and they did. And they did. It's just, it's just, it's wild, man. It was just wild to see. That was the first playoff win since they won the Super Bowl in 2012. 
well, 2011 season, but it was 20. The year was 2012. Um, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I, 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 I have slight confidence going into Philly, and the only reason being is because the Giants are playing their best football at the right time. And just to veer back onto the Daniel Jones point, I mean, it's just so crazy. I've heard a lot of things this week like, oh, oh, the Giants uh, made a mistake not giving him his fifth-year option, which is a crock of shit. That's not true at all. Um, and then I, I hear this Dave Gettleman uh, ridiculousness talking about how he really wasn't that bad after all because look what's happening right now. Well, I got chapter and verse on why that ain't true either. But just to go back to that original point, um, the Giants – did not make a mistake on Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. Because for the first four years of this dude's career, he was not good. And not one team in the NFL, if they had him for the first four years, would have given him his fifth-year option. So I don't want to hear none of that. Really, I don't think any team in the NFL would have drafted him as high as they did. So let's just let's just chill with that, okay? Um, this is the first time he's getting adequate coaching. And it's not adequate. It's elite coaching. Brian Dayball, what he's done with this team. I can't wait for this team to get some weapons and, like, the people that they want in here because um, it's going to be fun to watch, man. If it's anything like this year, I mean, come on. We'll see. But, I, you know, I just want to clear all those things up. That Dave Gettleman um, – like that, David Gettleman actually did a good job. Narrative, I, I I've heard it, I, I've heard it too much this week. And look, if David Gettleman was so good, why'd we have to get rid of what? What? Let, let me just throw this out there. What's the two biggest deficiencies on the Giants' defense? Tell me. It's not the front four, okay? So what are the only other two options? Okay, it's secondary, and it's linebackers. Hmm. Well. You had a pretty damn good linebacker in Blake Martinez that you couldn't keep because you couldn't afford to pay him because Dave Gettleman's contracts put you so far over the cap that you had to make moves. You couldn't afford it. You were too far over the cap. So that's one thing. Two, um, you get rid of one of the best corners in the league in James Bradbury for the same reason. And guess who's playing you this weekend, James Bradbury, because he's on Philly. Um, so <laughs> that's Dave Gettleman's fault, okay? One, that's one. Um, two, you, you, yeah, sure, you want to sit here and say, well, he made the trade for Leonard Williams, great. Or he drafted Dexter Lawrence, great. Or he drafted Saquon, great. Or he de drafted Daniel Jones, all wonderful. Saquon, I will never, never understand why that was the case. Well, I do understand it. They were trying to get another one for Eli and, you know, whatever. Drafting a running back second overall is ridiculous. He would have went high in that draft. I understand that because he, he was special. And he was special his rookie year, and he's special now. I don't want to discredit Saquon. But drafting a running back that high just still doesn't make sense to me either way. He's on the team. So, yeah, Dave got him and drafted him. Great. Um, you want to say, say Daniel Jones? Well, you know what? 
This is what I have to say about it. When you're picking in the top five or in top ten of every single draft every single freaking year, you're bound to hit on somebody. That's just my opinion. And oh, by the way, we didn't see any of this. Here's the third thing. You couldn't pick the right coach at all. That's the third thing. You had that one good year, Ben McAdoo as head coach. That was it. That was it. It fell apart after that. You got you got Geno coming in for Eli. Then you fire Ben McAdoo. Oh, and then you got, then you hire Pat Shermer. Oh, that worked out real well. And then you fire him after two seasons. And then you go get Joe Judge. <laughs> okay. We 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 all saw how that worked out. All right. So, miss me with that whole Dave Gettleman was good shit. I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. Um. Oh no. Oh, by the way. He also signed Kenny Galladay to the four-year, $72 million deal um, to get six catches and now get praised for his blocking skills. <laughs> okay, so let's just get the fuck out of here with all that bullshit. All right. The only difference here that really matters is the coach. You see how he reacted to Slayton's drop. He, he, you know, he went right up to him instead of screaming in his face like he has been doing all year. He actually said, look, we need you. Keep your head in the game. You're fine. It's one fucking play, move on to the next play. And you know what? I gotta give Slayton credit. He didn't play bad. It was that just one it was just that one fucking drop, man. Cause it, it, it could have cost them the game. It ended up not costing them the game. So it's it's all good. But look, man, it it's it <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I'm gonna I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I'm so like so beginning of the week, right? I'm so like happy and excited they won and i enjoyed it for a couple days and then like so we're gonna get into this game again going you know going to philly all right and you know the excitement is still there you know what i mean and 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 i don't want to not be excited it's not that i'm not and there is a slight confidence too i'm not i'm not trying to you know I'm not saying that there isn't. Again, the Giants are playing their best football of the season at the at the greatest time. It gives me shades of years in the past, but I'm not going to go that far yet. Um, I will go as far to say this. The Giants beat the Eagles this weekend. They're going to the Super Bowl. I don't care who they play. I don't care who they play. Stamp it. Lock it in. It's it's going to happen. Um but just going into this game, I just want to the, the the uber confidence, like these all these crazy people that are just so crazy confident, talking about how each team is gonna go, you know, beat the other one like crazy, right? And so I don't know where that's coming from on either side. For me, like Giants fans, yes, be excited, be hyped. But understand that the talent gap between these two teams is ginormous. It's huge. So to sit here and pretend like we're the better team is is not the way you want to go here. And for the Eagles fans side of things, um, I don't know how you could just brush the Giants off like they're nothing. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I just don't know. I don't know how you could do that. Um, 
I mean, let's consider a few things here, Eagles fans. you got to be completely honest. You can't not be a little concerned about Jalen Hurts' injury to his shoulder. His throwing shoulder, by the way. Um, to me, if I'm an Eagles fan, that's a major concern to me because I think they're downplaying that a little too much as far as like on the Eagles side of things. Not the fans, the organization. I think because the coach came out, said he's going to be ready, all that shit. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is coming out talking about how, you know, there's always a ba- – like he got asked if he thought there was going to be a bounty on him, and he said there's always going to be a bounty on me, like, uh, you know, um, which – in in the grand scheme of things, he's not wrong. What 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 are they trying to do? They're trying to hit him. Yeah, exactly. And knowing that his shoulders messed up, um, I think within the the, the confines of the game, the Giants are going to go after that shoulder. Meaning, when he runs out of the pocket, when he when you get some pressure on him, and he's out of that pocket, everybody has to remember that rule. It's it's how he got hurt in the first place. That rule about the whole body weight on the quarterback thing, that that don't apply when he runs out of the pocket. They the Giants are going to key on that shoulder and I'm not talking about dirtiness. You understand what I'm saying? It's not going to be dirty. At least I hope it's not. I don't want them to be like that, but they're definitely going to key on the shoulder for sure. They're going to try and hit that shoulder anytime he runs and they're going to test it. We'll see what happens. Like, like, so for Eagles, like I listened to a little bit of Eagles uh, sports radio, uh, Eagles sports radio, Philly sports radio, <laughs> and just they, they, they're talking about, I heard a quote talking about like, you know, the NY on the helmet stands for next year. Like they, they, they're just, their confidence is through the roof. Part of me respects it. I understand, but I just don't know where it's coming from. You guys have not played your best football of late. You lost two straight when um, you had Gardner Minshew as quarterback. And then Jalen Hurts came back for that Week 18 game, a game that you needed desperately to get the one seed in the bye, which you did. You, you, you got the one seed in the bye, but you did not play very well. You went against the Giants' backups, and you won by six. Now was the game that close? No, it wasn't. I mean, you guys had, you guys pretty much handled that entire game, but to win by six, I don't know, against backups when you had your starters in, not. I'm not. I'm not too thrilled about that. If I'm an Eagles fan, so. But I'm thankfully not. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I you know, for the Giants to win this game. The Giants must get to Jalen Hurts early and often. Just make him uncomfortable. Whether that's hitting him or just getting the pressure, you got to make him uncomfortable. Um, that's key because you got Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. You know, those are two of that. That's a that's a top wide receiver duo in the league. But you know, definitely. And everybody needs to remember this too. In that first meeting. Uh, you know, at New York earlier in the season. Yeah, they they smoked us. It was forty-eight to twenty-two final, and our starters played. Now, people need to remember this though. Leonard Williams not in that game. Eagles ran for over two hundred yards in that game. Leonard Williams was not in that game. Adoree Jackson missed that game. 
Um, Xavier McKinney was not in that game. So to pretend to sit here and pretend like that won't make a difference, um, you'd, you'd be fooling yourself because that's going to make a difference. I highly doubt that the Giants are going to get let them get run on like they did. Now, listen, do they need to play better defense than they did in the Minnesota game? Yeah, they do because this team will step on your throat and leave their foot on the gas pedal the whole game. And they proved that to you in that first meeting. So I'm I'm the confidence the confidence for me is high though, still. I don't know if they're gonna win. I don't want to go as far as say that, but I don't think it's gonna be a blowout by any stretch. And so again, they gotta make it hurts uncomfortable. Um What's the one thing Philly doesn't really do well? And that, you know, that's stopping the run. So, you know, I think part of the game plan last week against Minnesota was to get Saquon involved, but not a crazy amount because they know if they win that game, they got to go to Philly. And Saquon, I expect Saquon to have many more than 14 touches in this game. I do. Uh He's going to be able to. He's going to have to run the ball, and he's going to have to run it effectively against this team. So that's one thing I think that needs to happen in this game if the Giants want any chance. But Daniel Jones is an X factor as well. I highly doubt the Eagles are going to let him do what he did against Minnesota. There's going to be someone keeping an eye on Daniel Jones at all times. So, look. I, He's going to be the X factor, in my opinion, with his legs. We know this kid can throw the ball, and he proved that in that last game. I don't care if it's wide open receivers or whatever. That throw to Isaiah Hodges on the sideline is exactly where it needs to be. I don't care if he's wide open by himself. The fucking defender didn't know where he was going. I don't give a shit. You, you could tell me whatever you want. Daniel Jones was throwing the ball where it needed to be. So, with that being said, is this a better secondary in Philadelphia? Yes, it is. And... Ironically enough, I think it's one of the better secondaries in the league. I do think it's a little overhyped. And that's not coming just from me. Okay? I mean, I you know, I talked to my buddy Bo this morning, who is probably the only Eagles fan I respect. Because the rest of you motherfuckers are outrageous. And I'll get into that actually. But like I I I, I, I went back and forth with him this morning in a text chain just because I wanted to see how he's how he was feeling um he said he's pretty confident and I asked him I was like do you think it's a lock that you win this game and I let him know how I was listening to the Philly radio and stuff and everybody thinks that the Giants are just nothing and uh he said he's unsure because of Jones <laughs> that's exactly what he said and then he said the Eagles and he said the Eagles secondary isn't what they are hyped up to be. And I agree with him a little bit. Now, the Eagles secondary is way better, regardless of what anybody thinks, than the Minnesota secondary. So it's going to be a little different. I don't expect Daniel Jones for th to throw for 300 yards in this game. I don't. Because I think the game needs to be won on the ground. But he's the X factor on the feet. And if Isaiah Hodgins can do what he replicate what he did against Minnesota – 
And Daniel Jones just puts the ball on the money. Don't turn over the ball. We proved we did. We 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 proved it all year that we're one of the better teams with, with in far as far as giving up the turnovers. So, just another game of not turning it over, man. And you got to run the ball. Um, and <laughs> Dayball, in my opinion, is gonna pull out all the stops for this game. You know, like this is and this is another thing that gives me a little bit of confidence. The Giants have nothing to lose in this situation. They just don't. The Giants have nothing to lose. The Giants have already answered every single question that they needed to answer this year. So, like, again, am I nervous? Am I excited? I'm all those things. I'm nervous as hell. And I know while the game is going on, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. And I'm going to treat it like... You know, like it's a playoff game. I'm gonna treat it like that. I'm gonna get upset when they do bad. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get crazy happy when they do something crazy good. So like, that's not lost here. But at the same time, I feel like I'll be able to take a step back after after a period of time if they do lose this game and still say to myself, I'm thrilled with this season and how it went. Like, like how could you not be as a Giant fan? You have the coach of the year by far. He's gonna win it. He's gonna win it. And if he doesn't win it, that's a bad job by the voters. But because don't get me wrong, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota should get votes. Mike McDaniel should get votes, considering everything that went down with that team this year, with Tua's concussions and playing third-string quarterbacks, all that shit. They made the playoffs and they gave Bill, the Bills a game. Um, but yeah, man, like he should be coach of the year. <laughs> Doug Peterson will get votes too, but. I don't think anybody has done a better job than Brian Dable. That's just my personal opinion. And that, you know what, you could argue that's a homer pick, but that, but it is a homer pick, and I'm biased. And, I mean, just look what he did. He brought a team that nobody thought was good. People, people, yo, Daniel Jones. No, everybody assumed that this was it for him. You got Keyshawn Johnson before the season starts talking about how by week six, Tyrod Taylor was going to be the starting quarterback of the Giants. Like, no one gave Daniel Jones a shot. All right? Everybody everybody forgot about that already because of how great he's been playing in the last, like, four weeks that he's played. It's been absolutely phenomenal to watch. And he's throwing to nothing. It's... It, that's another crazy thing. Like, just look at that turnaround in New York. For four years, you're hot garbage. And he got excoriated for four years. And, you know, there was people, you know, around Daniel Jones that eventually came out and said, he heard all of it. He heard all of it. And he's pretty much Eli 2.0, man. He, he really is. I mean, Eli didn't even play good in, that play, in his first, first two playoff games. He didn't play well. So, we got to keep that in perspective, man. He just had his best game of his career in the playoffs, in his first game. You got to give the kid credit for that. Taking the New York media heat and to come back like this, I bet he's happy now that they didn't give him his fifth-year option because he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. Now, what do you think they should do for that, right? So, like, I heard Mike Tannenbaum go on the radio the other day and 
just say some blasphemous numbers, talking about $50 million a year. This dude ain't Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow, all right? Can we can we give it can we get another year of consistency? Like, let's slow down, Mike T. He ain't getting fifty. You can franchise him. That the offseason for the Giants is going to be interesting. You know, I was going to go into the, all that stuff. I'll get into that at a later time. I, I will. I have that in my notes right now. But like, for instance, like I, I have the. For those of you who don't know what a franchise tag is, excuse me, I'm about to sneeze, I think. Hold on. Uh, and uh, no, it went away. Oh, don't you hate when that fucking happens? I definitely was about to sneeze. All right, give me a second. I'm sorry. I'm about to take a water break. But no. Um. So, like, they can either franchise tag Daniel Jones or Saquon. They're going to have to figure out what to do with Saquon. Um, but no, I'll get into that uh, on a later episode. For now, we got to just focus on this team and just, (laughs) and what they're doing right now. Um, yeah, man, it might be a little shorter than an hour today because I I just thought the Giants deserved an episode to themselves. You know, you know, we, you know, we ran through the game. Oh, by the way, before I, I, before I do finish, I just got to, I, you know when I when I go back to saying like temper the expectations and stuff like that, it's not even like temper the expectations, right? It's just like let's just be civil about this and realistic. I heard a lot of callers call into New York radio this week and just have this uber confidence going into this game, and you know who's Philly? Like blah 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 like. When has Philly ever been a problem for us? Blah, blah, blah. Well, they've been a problem for us. <laughs> just look at history, okay? So let's just slow down there, okay? I know they only have one Super Bowl, but whenever we've played them in the playoffs, it hasn't been great. Um, But, you know, it, a specific story I do want to bring up. <laughs> a, a caller called in, and he, and he was talking about how he's going to this game, and he's sitting in the eighth row behind the Giants bench. And the game is in Philly, people. And I just need you all to understand. Hostile territory is one thing. Philadelphia is like a whole different level of hostile. All right? Look, I go to Ra- I go to Ranger. Whenever the Rangers are down here playing the Hurricanes, I go. Man, that Hurricanes fan base, they... they they're so bad at the trash talk. I don't even like pay any mind to it. Like they just they, you could tell like most of the fans of that team, like didn't get into hockey until they got into the area, and like and and to be fair, that's fine. I mean I'm not gonna kill you for you know, but a lot of them don't know what the hell's going on. Let's just let's just be real. All right, I might I might I might offend some people, and and. <laughs> My cousins are Hurricanes fans, <laughs> and I do put them in that category. Not that they don't know what's going on, but they didn't fucking follow. They they lived in Pennsylvania for years before they moved to North Carolina, and they didn't follow hockey at all. And the Hurricanes is really like the closest thing as far as like going to a professional sporting event, which, by the way, is is great. Like professional hockey, I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day. That's the that's my favorite sport to go watch, but. That fan base is just bad. 
Their shit talk is just like, yeah, hey, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they don't know shit. <laughs> they don't know shit. So, you know, I kind of brush that shit off when I'm there. I go full decked out Ranger gear. I don't give a shit. Because there's, there, there, every time I go to a Ranger game down here, half the fans are Ranger fans. Let's just be real, okay? Went to game two last year. There's a lot of Ranger fans in that crowd. And both regular season games I went to. A lot of Ranger fans in that crowd. But that's neither here nor there. Philly. Philly is the only place I would not recommend wearing any of your team's paraphernalia at all. Whether you win or lose. It's not going to be a good day for you. And this dude was on the radio talking about how he's going to go decked out in his Giants gear and all that stuff. Look, maybe wear like a hat or something, or maybe like a like like you know scarf. It's gonna be cold, you know, giant scarf that won't kill you. But you're look, Philly fans are just savages. When Philadelphia, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and eventually won that Super Bowl, the the police were were greasing the poles like the light poles in Philly. Preparing just for all-out chaos, which is eventually what happened. Philadelphia just went nuts when they won that Super Bowl. Okay, like they, the fan, like they're just they're, they're outright savages in Philadelphia. They're savages. I'm sorry, Bo, but the, your your fan base is savages. <laughs> I mean, Rick DiPietro, who I listen to all the time, he was an Islander goalie for a long a while ago, but he was. He was playing in a game in Philly. They poured a beer on the poor dude's wife. They poured a beer on his wife. Like, dude, just savage. Like, Like, you may never be seen again going into a game like, going into a game in Philly with that, with, with, you know, acting the way this dude was talking about how he was going to act. He said, he's talking about ready for war. And I love the confidence but like I don't it's misplaced. Just just root for the team, man. <laughs> You're ready. You sounded like you wanted all the smoke. Well, I don't know if you want smoke from eighty thousand Philadelphia Eagles fans. Because they'll give it to you. <laughs> That'd be the one place I go to where I'm concerned for my life if I was to wear a Giants jersey. And you know what? I have a lot of pride in my team. I probably would wear the jersey. So I don't know. I might just avoid. I might just avoid Philly, man. I don't know. I don't know. That shit. I don't know if I'd go in there like that. I'd try to. I'd probably be as respectful as I could, man. Those Philly fans are brutal. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I look, look. I'm just. I'm just. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say about this team, bro. Like it's just crazy. That they're even in this position. I'm thrilled with this team. I'm thrilled with this coach. I'm thrilled with the management. I'm glad his owner I'm glad this owner just finally just got out of the way. And they're playing winning football. And they have a shot. They have a shot. I'll say it again. If the Giants beat Philadelphia this weekend, whether it's Dallas, whether it's San Francisco. The New York Giants are going to the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. That's what I truly believe is going to happen. And I'm sticking to that. So hopefully, 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 I come on here next week and we're talking about a Giants dub 
Whew. Let's go, man. I'm so fucking hyped. But we got more games this weekend, too. And I'm about to do those picks right now. So let's go over it, huh? Let's just go over it a little bit. There's four games, right? Eight teams left. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Is this not the best weekend in football? This is probably the best weekend in football because you're about to see the best football of the year be played this weekend. I, I'm, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a fun weekend. Anyway, let's go through it, right? You got Jacksonville at Kansas City. Um, look, Jacksonville with a miracle comeback against uh, the Chargers. Down 27 nothing in the first half. Four interceptions from Trevor Lawrence in the first half. And he comes back in the second half and just has a day. Four touchdowns in the second half. They come all the way back to beat the Chargers 31-30. to um, Kansas City is a nine-point favorite in this game for good reason. Uh, I think the magic, car- magic carpet ride for Jacksonville ends here. I don't know if they have any answers for that Kansas City offense whatsoever. So I'm taking Kansas City minus the nine points. Uh, I think they're going to win that game handily, 34-21. I think that's the final. Um, The Giants at Philly. Uh, I think this is a bit disrespectful considering Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Um, Lane Johnson, by the way, which I didn't even get into. Lane Johnson, the stud right tackle for the Eagles, has a torn abductor. And from what I've just heard about the injury... He definitely needs surgery, and you know, I've I've heard a lot of people on TV who've played the game, who've had the injury before, and they're saying good luck to the guy if he tries to go and play because making those movements and it's gonna it's gonna be a painful day, and it's not something you can shoot up. It's not an injury that you could just get the cortisone shot and boom, get out there. It's not something they can do. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know. I I just. I get their home, but seven and a half points seems a little high for me. Uh, again, Giants have a shot to win this game, man. If they just do the things that I outlined earlier, do I think I'm not? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put a final score to this game. Uh, just because I'm a little too nervous about that, I'm not. I'm not gonna try and do that. But I definitely. I definitely think if the Giants do lose, they're covering at seven and a half. I don't think they lose by more than a touchdown. Uh, so with the hook there, I'm taking I'm taking the Giants plus the seven and a half. I hope they win, man. Holy shit, that would be insane. But then you got Cincinnati at Buffalo. Look, man, Buffalo looked a little shaky against Miami, uh, and Cincinnati didn't didn't look too great either. Cincinnati's two inches away from losing that game. Talk about a major uh, a major shift in momentum, biggest shift in momentum that you could probably have. Baltimore has that ball on the half yard line, and all all, um, all Huntley had to do was get it over the the plane, man, and he couldn't do it. Fumbles the ball, goes right into the hands of uh, what was his name? I think it's Hendrickson. I could. That's probably wrong. I know it starts with an H, but he took that shit back 98 yards to the house for Cincinnati to win that game. So, look, man, Buffalo and Cincinnati are both, uh, you know, they're both not playing their best right now. But, you know, this is the first time they're seeing each other since the Demar Hamlin situation. 
And just by judging the first, you know, nine minutes of that game, Cincinnati looked like the better team. I don't think Cincinnati, it's tough, man. So Buffalo's a five-and-a-half point favorite at home. It, it's tough to pick this game. I love Cincinnati, though, in this spot just because Joe Burrow is their quarterback. I know they have offensive line issues, uh, but I've been going with the Bengals all year, and they've been they've been – They've been great for me. So I'm taking Cincinnati plus the five and a half. Uh, do they win this game? I don't know. If Josh Allen doesn't turn over the football, I think the Bills do win. I don't think they cover, though. I think it's going to be a great game. It's just going to be a, a battle of the QBs. There's two great quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens. But I I will take the Cincinnati plus the five and a half. It's going to be a close one in my eyes. Probably a field goal at the buzzer. Um, I say that game ends uh, 31-28. <clears throat> so, then you got Dallas at San Francisco. Uh, not, not much analysis after this uh, for this game. I mean, Brock Purdy didn't play like a rookie in his first playoff game ever. So, till he proves me wrong, he hasn't lost a game yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Dallas. I mean, I'm gonna take San Francisco minus the four. They're four point favorites at home. Look, Dak Prescott had a hell of a game against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks, but uh, San Francisco ain't Tom Brady and the Bucks. That defense is old and slow in, in Tampa, and they're going up against a different animal. I get it. Dak had a hell of a game. You can argue he was the best quarterback over the weekend. I I, I think Daniel Jones is up there. Uh, as far as the overall performance. But look, man, uh, he had a great game. But this is a different animal, and you're going to San Francisco. You're going to San Francisco on short rest. I don't know. I don't love it. So I, I'm just going to roll with the 49ers minus the four points. And, yeah, man, that's about it. I'm hoping I'm coming on here next week again with a Giants dub, and we're going to continue going on this crazy magic carpet ride. Uh, either way, I definitely do think they cover. They're not losing by more than a touchdown. This game is going to be close. So for all you Eagles fans that are so crazy confident and you're just throwing the Giants off, just know we're coming, baby. We're coming. Let's go, Giants. Let's go, Giants. All right, fellas, fellas, ladies, whoever listens to this show, peeps, all y'all, Thank y'all for listening. I appreciate it. I'm saying fellas like I'm talking to the boys. It, it feels like I'm talking to the boys. So, hey, man. Let's do this shit. Go, Giants. Go, Daniel Jones. Go, Saquon. Let's go. Let's have a fucking day, baby. Let's go. Thanks for listening again. I appreciate y'all. I'm out. Peace.